maybe God is uh, using all of this to get our attention and to say, look up here. Mm. I'm seated on the throne. I'm in charge. I'm in control. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. We don't have to be afraid. Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You know, you believe in God, believe also in me, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to be okay. You're listening to Your Day Brighter, the podcast. Real stories, real conversations, and real reasons to have hope in this world. I'm your host, Tracy Tiernan, and I'm so excited to share with you a very special conversation that I had with Miss Anne Graham Lotz. Now, we spoke Easter week, and so you might hear her referring to a special event that she was a part of. Beyond that, we, we talked about the significance of Easter week and the coronavirus and what is God speaking to us through all of this. Uh, Anne even talks about her own faith in Jesus and how she came to really discover that she needed to have uh, her own intimate relationship with him and not just kind of ride on the coattails of her famous dad, Reverend Billy Graham. She's an amazing woman with so much wisdom. Uh, she even talks us through how to have a quiet time with the Lord. How does she do it? I was so interested to hear about this. I think you're going to be greatly encouraged by this conversation. So let me stop talking and let you just enjoy. This is Ms. Anne Graham Lotz. I'm good this morning, Tracy. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with me. It means it means a lot to us. First of all, I just want to say thank you um, for being a part of the Good Friday service for Bridgeway that's coming up um, this Friday, of course. Uh, you did such a, a beautiful message with our pastor, uh, Dr. David Anderson. And uh, I'm privileged that I got to see it already. And um, and my husband and I just sat and listened to your message and wept and uh, had communion together. And um, I'm just really excited about people experiencing that. You know, I, I felt so um, honored that Pastor Anderson would ask me to do this because, as you know, I've just been at the church uh, for the first time several weeks ago. And the thing that impressed me, Tracy, was, um, I mean, not only the size and the um, diversity of the congregation, but but the prayer that was underneath everything. It it was really, um, Mm. it, it sets the church apart. It's different, and I've been in a lot of churches, but I don't think I've ever been in one that was so saturated in prayer as far as I was concerned. You know, when they met me at the airport, um, everybody, I think you were there, you yes. circled <laughs> up and prayed for me in baggage claim, you know, and then I got to the church, and as soon as I stepped into the little foyer by the pastor's study, there was another group that circled up and prayed for me, and before I went out to speak, there was a group that met in the back hall and prayed for me. Right before I got up on the platform, the elders came and knelt before me and prayed for me in the sanctuary, and and that was for all three messages. And <laughs> it was very, um, because I think a church like that that's got a lot of things going for it, you know, a lot of, um, what I want to say, it's, it's sort of aggressive, you could almost sure. feel like you can do it yourself. Right. You know, everything's in place. You've got a lot of gifted people who can do it, do the work, and but that church, I felt like the leadership was very aware that without me, as Jesus said, you can do nothing. I want to know from your perspective, I'm I'm wondering if the Lord is going to do some kind of an amazing revival in the hearts of people because of this coronavirus. I've been having more 
intimate conversations with people about how to have a relationship with Christ in the last few weeks than I have in a really long time. People seem hungry. What, what have you noticed? It's the same thing, Tracy. And, you know, um, Haggai and some of the other prophets said uh, that God would shake the nations, you know, and and right before the return of Jesus, at the end of the age, um, God said once again, I'm going to shake the nations. And and the shaking is, I think, primarily to get our attention. It's like in the Old Testament when God spoke to Elijah. Elijah had, had run. He was hiding in a cave. And God um, sent a wind and a fire and an earthquake. But it said that God wasn't in any of those things. And I think God just used those things to get Elijah's attention. Mm. And Elijah came out to the you know, edge of the, the cave, and then God spoke to him in a still, small voice. And and I feel like something like the coronavirus or the tornadoes that have swept through mm-hmm. or earthquakes or famines or floods can be used of God to get our attention because he does have something to say to us. And and I believe right now there, there could be several things that God is saying. Um, you know, one of the more well-known ones is from Second Chronicles seven fourteen that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So that's that's one message that I believe that God is giving. But a but a simpler message, in a sense, is that this is the time to draw near to God. Yes. This is a time to get right with God. This is a time to make your peace with God because. We never know um, when we're going to step into eternity. And uh, and something like the coronavirus, you know, a war in the Middle East um, is, is terrible, or war in Africa, or, you know, conflicts around the but when But this is in our homes. This is right in our neighborhoods. This is in our grocery stores. This is in the places where we... We, um, you know, interact with other people. So it's this coronavirus is very personal, yes, and it's very individualized. And so it's, and I believe God is just speaking to each one of us, saying, "Now is the time to draw near to me." You, you never know when you are going to step into eternity, when you're going to be standing face to face to me, and and this is a time to make sure that that you're right. And the. The wonderful thing is that the Bible clearly says that when you draw near to God, He will draw near to you. And as we reach out to Him, He reaches down to us. And and that's what Easter is about, Tracy. You know, it's just mm. <laughs> what a you know. It's no coincidence that this coronavirus pandemic is as right now, because this is Easter yes. week, Holy Week, when God has got the attention of the whole world. You know, and, but but now it's very personal, and so we're in our homes and watching online or, you know, getting things um, mm. from friends and such. And and I believe it's like God putting his hands on either side of our face and, and telling us, I want you to look up here. Mm. I want you to pay attention to me, like a father would with a child. Yes. You know, just look at me and... And and if we do, and we get right with him, then I think you're exactly right that this could be the spark for a, a revival, uh, such as they've had in the olden days in this country, but mm. we haven't seen for a long time. We've seen pockets of it, but right. not nationally. Wouldn't it be so amazing? A, <laughs> yes, yeah, amazing. I, I, told, um, I was talking to my mother years ago, and, and I said, Mother, with all of Daddy's meetings, you know, just hundreds of thousands of people hearing the gospel and responding, and all the things that churches are doing, and all the things that 
uh, so many of us are doing. Why haven't we had revival? And, and my mother was very, she had these little pithy statements, you know. And so she looked at me and she said, Anne, we're not desperate enough. Oh. And, and I think she's right. So our prosperity in this country and convenience and entertainment, all the things that we have and enjoy, um, keep us, sort of anesthetize us to a need for God. And then when that's taken away, all of a sudden, you know, could this be uh, the, the trigger that makes us aware that we're desperate for God? We, yes. we need God. We cannot function as a nation. We cannot survive as a, as a society, as a culture, as a generation, if we don't have God back in our lives. Yes, and, yes. And we've been so self-sufficient, for, you know, at yes. least we think we are, you know. Yes. And, we, and individuals have a faith in God and individuals um, but but as a nation as a as a government as um, you know our our structure has become very secular and mm. and they call it separation of church and state but it really is separation of state and God mm. and and we have pushed God to the periphery if we even allow him on the periphery and you can have many gods but when you talk about the Son of God, when you talk about Jesus or, um, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, people just get very uncomfortable. And I, and, and I think maybe God is uh, using all of this to get our attention and to say, look up here. Mm. I'm seated on the throne. I'm in charge. I'm in control. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And, and I love Joel chapter 2 is a prophecy in Scripture where Joel that God said, if you'll return to me, you know, and rend your hearts, not your garments. Don't don't just give a lip service to getting right with God, but you genuinely get right with God. Then it says that he, he would return to us, and who knows, but that he would leave behind a blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, he would be relieved not to let this go farther. And so I think it's time, this, this communion service that yes. I did with um, Pastor Anderson, I, I just pray it goes viral. Yes. And both both he and I are posting it on our websites, and uh, thank you for what you're doing to get, draw attention to it, because it, it would be wonderful. It stands alone. It doesn't have to just be a Good Friday That's right. communion service, although it is, but it, but it's um, the, the truth of what we're doing is um, good for every day of the year. Anne, can I ask you, experiencing the Holy Spirit as a constant companion is, is like the, the subtitle of your book, Jesus and Me. And you yes. you have spoken about this um, just so, what's the word I'm looking for? There was such a calm assurance in you when you talked about uh, you know, going through the loss, the losses that you've experienced, losing your your precious dad, um, your your beloved husband, going through cancer, and yet you said you never felt alone because you had the constant companionship of the Holy Spirit. What would you say to people right now who, in, in self isolation and quarantine, are absolutely um, unraveling, feeling anxious and fearful and alone, and we want them to know that they're not? How? How would you um, encourage them right now? Well, you know, one of the things that Jesus told his disciples um, on Thursday, 2,000 years ago, when he was in the upstairs room after he had had the Last Supper, and he was teaching his disciples, and and he told them um, about he taught them about the Holy Spirit because he was getting ready to leave, and they were getting uh, they were <laughs> getting the picture, you know, that he was getting ready to leave them mm-hmm. in his visible presence and and leave them with the responsibility of his ministry, and so. I've, I think there was um, 
like a horror, a grief, a fear, a just like an, oh, no, we can't do this. And, and so it was then that he told them in John chapter 14, Gospel of John chapter 14, that I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You know, I will come to you. And, and he, comes, he came to us. Uh, at Pentecost, uh, or made himself available at Pentecost through the person of the Holy Spirit. And since that time, anybody who comes to Jesus Christ by faith, and, and we come and, um, and we confess that we're a sinner, that we're sorry, we ask him to forgive us, we believe he died on the cross as um, our, our sacrifice for sin to make atonement for our sin. And let me put it personally, for my sin. So Jesus, when he died on the cross, he was paying the, the penalty for my sin. And when I claim his death on the cross for myself personally, then my sin is forgiven. I'm cleansed. I'm made right with God. But then since Pentecost, then at that point, and I invite Jesus to come into my heart, he, he can't come into me because he's in a man's body up in heaven, but, but he comes into me in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus living inside of me. All that Jesus is without his man's physical body and without his skin. So when I invite Jesus into my heart, he comes into me never to leave me, never to forsake me. Mm. So for everybody sitting at home, isolated, feeling, you know, abandoned, you're not. If, if The first thing you need to do is to establish that personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus. This is the time right now in your home, get down on your knees, tell God that you're a sinner, that just means that you haven't lived up to his perfect standards. Anybody who's honest can admit mm. that. And you just confess that you're a sinner. If specific sins come to your mind, lying or nagging or cheating or committing adultery or lusting or what, you just name it. Just, he, he knows it, so you're not going to tell him something he doesn't know. Don't right. be embarrassed. You just, you, know, you just tell him. And you confess that you're a sinner. Tell him you're sorry. Tell him that you believe Jesus died for you and that you want to claim the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross to apply for your sin. And you do that and ask him to forgive you and come into your heart and give you eternal life. The Bible says he will. So when you do that and you've established a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ and you've invited him to come live in you, now you have the spirit of Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, so you're not alone. Right. You may feel alone at times, but you're not alone. And then what you need to do is start reading your Bible and, and spending time in prayer, because when you read your Bible, God talks to us. When we pray, we're talking to him, and you just begin to develop that personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that um, is what carries us through whatever hard time it can be, the death of a husband, death of a father, diagnosis of cancer, or this terrible disease that's attacking, mm. uh, it doesn't matter because we have Jesus living inside of us, and mm. he will never leave us, never forsake us, and one day will take us to be with him forever. Oh, praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God. Oh, was there was there a moment, and uh, that you remember when your faith went from being um, that little girl faith, you know, born into this um, beautiful family that loved and served God, um, and it became your own faith. Was there a moment, a defining moment for you when Jesus became real to you? Um, you know, Jesus has always been real to me, Tracy, mm. uh, because of the home <clears throat> in which I was raised. But when I was a girl, you know, seven or eight or nine, it was, and it was on a Good Friday. I don't remember the year, but oh. I was seven, eight, or nine years of age. But on Good Friday, I was watching a picture about Jesus on television, and it came to the scene of the cross. And I knew, I, just deep, deep down in my heart, I knew that Jesus had died for me. Mm. That you know, all the pictured the Roman soldiers nailing him and all of that. It, 
I, I knew it was my sin that had put him on the cross. And so in my bedroom uh, upstairs in my parents' home, I just got down on my knees and, and did what I just Mm. Said I, I told God I was. So I knew I was a sinner. I told God I was sorry. Asked Him to forgive me. I wanted Jesus to be my Savior. I invited Him to come into my heart, and and I believe He did when I was a little girl, and I was born again into God's family because God doesn't have grandchildren. You know, <laughs> just because I'm Billy Graham's daughter doesn't mean I was a child of God. And and but then it was um, several years later. I was about 16 years of age, and. And I don't know what triggered this, to be honest. I, I just know it was a defining moment. And it occurred to me that uh, when I stood before God, I, what I had thought was that when I stood before God, I would tell him who my father was or who my grandparents were, and somehow I would get credit for the family I was in. And it, it occurred to me when I stand before God, I would stand before him on my own, that I would have to give an account to him for my life. And so um, at that point, I, I once again in the same bedroom, got down on my knees beside the window this time, I remember distinctly, and, mm. and told him I wanted my life on, on my own, so to speak, you know, separate from my parents. Mm-hmm. I wanted my life to count. I wanted my life to be significant. I wanted, when I stood before him, to have something to show wow. for the life I had lived, um, never mind the family in which I was raised. You know, so so uh, mm. I guess I guess that would be described as maybe a surrender, you know, more of a complete surrender and um, and just a yielding my life for his use, whatever that might be. Mm. He mm-hmm. has uh, just so used you so beautifully all around the world to share this message of, of hope and love. And when you open your mouth, what comes out, it's just, it's, it's the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. And, you know, for for me and being able to hear you speak at our church in person was um i was undone i i sat in in three services to listen because no matter how long you've been walking with the lord uh, there's we just need to hear over and over again um what's true the good news um we can be so distracted think it's a noisy world it's it's yeah. noisy you know and i'm i i work on the radio every day i get to encourage people in their faith every day and and i realized that my own soul was was thirsty just just give me the gospel just give me tell me again tell me the great story that we're a part of you know yeah. um i i want to i know i know want to respect your time here my last question for you is is really just personal because you've been on such a journey and, and you've uh, battled cancer. And I think when we spoke last, um, you had just finished up your last chemo treatment, if I'm if I'm not uh, mistaken. I wanted to know how you're doing and how we can be praying for you. Uh, thank you, Tracy. Uh, I think I'm doing really well. You know, my treatments right now have been suspended. So <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So it'll be a while before I find out, you know, but, but my, the last checkups I had right before this pandemic, um, or, or before we got locked down in February, um, my, my test results came back, you know, good. So um, I had two more treatments scheduled this in April, and they've both been suspended. I have no idea when they're going to pick it back up. Okay. And so I'm, but I believe in answer to the prayers of God's people, I believe um, because of the things that God has said to me from his word that, that I've been healed. So whether I have further treatments or not, uh, I, I'm not afraid. I'm not concerned because I believe it's all in God's hands anyway. And I, I wanted to do what the doctors told me to do. So I wanted to submit to them. But now when it's all been suspended, it doesn't bother me because it's mm. in 
I believe God is the healer anyway. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't need further treatments, you know, if, if right. he chooses to heal me. But I would like to say this, and I'm uh, just, it's so precious um, to hear you uh, and your desire, you know, to be refreshed by the Word and uh, to grow in the Word. And if I can just tell your listeners that if they'll go to my website, org. I've got a lot of free videos, free Bible studies, um, I mean, lots and lots of them. And so one of the things you can do during this um, lockdown is to spend time with the Lord in His Word, because you can receive Christ as your Savior, surrender to Him as Lord, but then you need to get to know Him, because you, your salvation experience is sort of like mm. when I married my husband, you know, and I said, I do, and I became Mrs. Danny Lotz. But but I didn't really know him at that point. You know, anybody who's married knows that. You know, so so you you get to know your husband when you spend time with him day in day out, and and you develop a relationship. So so the same is true with the Lord. So when we come to the cross and we confess our sin and tell God we're sorry, invite Him to come into our hearts and, and surrender to Him as Savior and Lord, then that's just the beginning. That that's establishing a personal relationship with Him. And he'll never leave you, never forsake you, and the Holy Spirit within you will help you understand the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. But you've got to open your Bible, and you've got to start reading, and you've got to start talking to him in prayer in order to develop that relationship so that it's strong enough to carry you through the things that life throws at us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and my website, I've got many free resources, videos and Bible studies um, to just help you. In fact, we even send out a email every day, just a devotional. It's just a one verse, and I just give a very brief thought about that verse and application. Um, and you can get that in your inbox every day. You can get it on your phone. It comes through. I have an app. org is an app. You can uh, download our app and, and access blogs and Bible studies. And the whole purpose is to not just bring you to faith in Jesus, but to help you grow strong in that faith so that you can bring somebody else to faith in Jesus. Oh, that's yes, 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 yes. Thank you for those free resources. I was just uh, poking around on your website, and I and I just was like, oh my goodness, I just need to spend days here. Because <laughs> uh-huh. there's, there's so much to read and to yeah. take in. You have been such an equipper. Um, of God's people, um, such a, an inviter of people to come and get to know this Jesus. And sometimes people just don't know how to get started. So I, I can't thank you enough for having all of those wonderful resources available on your website. Um, and how do you personally stay refreshed? Like for Anne Graham Lotz, who writes books and devotionals and, and teaches us how to connect with Jesus um, is there something that you like to do um, that really helps you to connect? Is there a book that you like to read, um, a favorite verse or a psalm that you will, that's like a go-to for Anne Graham Lotz? You know, my favorite book is the Bible. And so every morning when, uh, after I've done my stretches, my exercises and get my coffee, you know, cause <laughs> I, it's hard for me to wake up, then um, I have a place in the house where I have my Bible, a notebook, a pen, and a pencil, um, and and that's where, and I'm reading glasses, and that, that's where I spend time with the Lord. And so I, I'll work through a book of the Bible, and I don't know how I choose the book. It just, God brings something to my attention, maybe through mm-hmm. a pastor's sermon or something that I've been reading elsewhere, and, but I'll start and just go through the book right now. Um, I'm actually in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, and so in John 17, I'll just take a, a paragraph of verses. I'm not trying to work through a, the entire chapter, but I just 
ask myself, what does it say? So then I'm listing the facts. I, I just pull out the nouns and the verbs. I don't try to paraphrase it because I don't want to put words in God's mouth. I just want to know what the facts are. And then I go to those facts and ask myself, is there something I can learn from the facts? Is there something that I should be doing or not doing or a warning to, to heed or a promise to claim? And I just, each one of the facts I've listed, then I see if I can find a lesson, a spiritual lesson from that. And then the third thing I do, I go back up to the lessons and I reword them in the form of a question I would ask myself. Hmm. And so as I work through a passage like that, um, I'll, I'll work through it and and that's where um, that that's my personal time with the Lord. That's when we have a conversation. And after I do that, then I talk to him about what I've read and what what I feel like he's saying to me. Because when I write out those questions, so often I can hear God whispering to me. You know, it's, yeah. it's um, that's what I call it, just the whispers of the Holy Spirit. And, and he speaks through his word. Mm. Uh, and I do read some other devotional books. I read um, a little book called Daily Light, which... Uh, I've put out, and it's just scripture morning and evening, just a compilation of scriptures morning and evening. Um, I read um, an old, old um, devotional book called Streams in the Desert. Yes, um, I love that. And then I also read um, Charles Hadley Spurgeon's checkbook, and I'll read those in the morning. And I'm, and you know something else I've loved is um, Jonathan Kahn has a, a book called The Book of Mysteries, and it's sort of off-putting for some traditional Christians because they, <laughs> they get thrown by the word mystery. But actually, it's just a devotional book, 365-day devotional book, that has the most incredible insights into it. It's just so, I, And I read that, um, and it's, it's very—anyway, that's really blessed me. So I'll, I'll read those, but the thing I do consistently every morning— is to be in God's Word where I'm reading a a paragraph. And I would suggest maybe not starting with John 17. You can start with John's Gospel or, you know, books like that have stories. Uh, Mark is a great Gospel to do because it's so fast-moving, or Joshua or Exodus. But you just take a a paragraph, ask yourself, what does it say? And you list the facts. What do those facts mean? You find a lesson from each one of the facts. What does it mean in my life? And you turn the lessons into a question that you would ask yourself. And... And it's, and it's amazing how God will whisper to me. And then I write down my takeaway. What is it that God seems to be saying so that I hold myself accountable to following through? Because it's not enough just to know the Word. Right. You want to eat it. You want to live it out. You want it to become a part of you. You want it to become the strength and the source of your life. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Well, um, I'm getting that same feeling that I had when you were at our church a few weeks ago. And it was so fun talking to people afterwards who said, um, it made me so hungry for God listening to Miss Ann speak. Like I wanted to run home and spend time with the Lord. I realized, oh my goodness, I have access to all of that in my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, this, what a precious uh, gift you are um, to this world. And I thank the Lord for you and for your life and for your heart for him and for people. And I do pray for God's um, continued healing um, over you from head to toe and um, that you will have just the most tender, precious celebration of of Easter this year. I know it's going to be different for, for all of us, but I know that um, that he's still with us, that he's not, sh- we're shaken, he's not. <laughs> so. That's right. And he prom- Jesus promised, do you remember in the Great Commission, he said, I'll be with you even to the end of the age. Mm. 
Wow. So if we're at the end of the age, which I, as a whole, another subject, but I believe we are, <laughs> he, he's with us. And he's not just with us, he's in us, in the person of the Holy Spirit. So, so we don't have to be afraid. Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You know, you believe in God, believe also in me. So our faith needs to be firmly planted in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, rooted in his word, and we're going to be okay. Amen. We're going home at some point. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're so welcome, Tracy. Thank you, and God bless you. You too. Thanks. Your Day Brighter is produced by Brighter Media Group, Tracy Tiernan, and John Lawhon. Editing by Julie Gilligan. Make sure you're subscribed. Leave a review and tell us what you think of the podcast. And make sure you share it with someone who needs encouragement today. Thanks so much for listening. And tell somebody your story today. Or better yet, ask to hear their story. 